All right, got a great show for you today. Going solo to talk about the Nets going into Christmas Day, the game against the Lakers, the game it looks like right now it's going to happen. Uh, enough guys are on the Nets active roster to make it happen. Crazy times we live in, folks. We're sweating out Christmas Day, not because of the championship implications, but sweating it out to see if the Nets have enough players to roll into this one to play uh, in prime time on the evening. But it looks like that's going to be the case. Going to break down what's left of the Nets roster, uh, who's going to be there, what to expect from some of their rotations, and also what to expect from the Lakers in this one. Going to get into it all. But first, the theme music. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Nets podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. The Brooklyn Nets are what's left of them every single day. I'm Doug Norrie. Here to wish you happy holidays if you celebrate. Thanks for making us your first listen every single day over here on Locked on Nets, covering the team and everything you could hope to wish for, imagine, hope to hear about uh, all season long. No Adam Armbrecht in the house today as he gears up for the holidays. Actually, a non-holiday related uh, reason for, <laughs> for him not to be here today. It's cool. We'll ride solo for this one as we prep to get into Christmas Eve. I mean, obviously, when you're listening to this today, it's Christmas Eve, and then into the Christmas Day games uh, for the NBA, which is really, at this point, unlike any other season we've ever had, and which is saying a lot because <laughs> we're coming off uh, a season and then a season before, where which those were also unlike seasons the NBA has ever had. But uh, here we are. We're you know still rolling through these protocols, Still rolling through COVID times, and the Nets go in to Christmas Day. Not the team that you thought you were going to see when the holiday came around. Earlier in the season, I think before the season started, it was on with uh, the Kamenetsky brothers over on Locked On Lakers, and we were doing like a little mini season preview, getting ready for the year. You know, things to think about at the time. Lakers and Nets were the odds on. Uh, championship favorites, so it made sense to get on with them, and we couched that game around, or we couched that podcast around what could happen come Christmas Day, I and mean, this is like back in October, so um, obviously we all, even at the time, new things would change, we knew rosters would probably look different, teams would look different, you know, it was months ahead of time, but at the time, that's who the two favorites were, that's kind of made sense on paper, and here we are more than two months later, and we head into a Christmas Day game between the Lakers and the Nets that is so crazy that no you know iteration tree of, of things that could have happened early in the season would we ever have gotten to the place of what this game is going to look like, assuming they play it, which very much looks like it's going to be the case that they are going to play, that we are here with this game coming Christmas Day because it is just two rosters that are now, because of COVID players and protocols, some injuries, we're just getting two totally different teams than you would have ever thought. So still you know, still pumped to watch this game on Christmas Day. The Nets, your Brooklyn Nets still go in and play on the holiday. They play in the evening. 
you get done with your you know your day if you if you celebrate you unwrap some gifts you have a little dinner you know the nets are going to be on later in the day if you don't celebrate hey this is an easy one hopefully you're off and able to watch and if you're not off hopefully you're doing some good work out there um, and catching up with the game later but the game right now is supposed to go off we do have some news in nets world that shapes the the narrative of this game a little different than we thought and that's the uh, the news that came out Thursday morning slash early afternoon that James John uh, James Harden excuse me uh, and Paul Millsap had cleared protocols and they were going to be able to play and uh, you know clearing protocols early means that you return two negative tests in two consecutive days and uh, that came out so we are going to get James Harden back on the court for Christmas uh, which is great news. Do you want to see superstars? The NBA is a superstar-driven league. James Harden right now, obviously, is the you know second-best player on the Nets uh, behind Kevin Durant. Getting him back for the game is cool, especially considering that the last couple games for the Nets were uh, a collection of you know mostly rookies, couple veterans, and some dudes that just had joined the team you know 60 seconds before, uh, and then the next game was postponed because the league probably trying to save this Christmas day, probably trying to limit the travel for the Nets decided uh, to just postpone the game against Portland on Thursday as a preemptive measure. I believe that the Nets probably were still short a guy or two. So they, you know, maybe it was just a, it ended up being just a logistical thing there. And also in the hope that they could still get this game to play on Christmas, that, saving all the other pieces of movement around it was going to um was going to maybe be able to you know kind of save the game cuz obviously the net, the uh the NBA prioritizes Christmas Day games above all it's their biggest day of the year uh short of you know what happens in the playoffs it's a holiday that they figured out how to kind of own um at least from a um broadcast standpoint the games roll all day long and it's just become a holiday that's become synonymous with hoops and so their priority is always they being the NBA. Their priority is always going to be make sure this game is played, and we will do whatever it takes to make sure the game can air. If it's going to be dudes that weren't in the NBA before, um, you know, before last week, so be it. Uh, that's just what we're going to do. So they they postponed the Portland game. They saved them the trip out there to the West Coast to start, and they try to get this Christmas game in. So you get the good news, right? That James Harden's going to return. Paul Millsap is going to return. Those guys have both cleared. But on the same time, because this is the new state of the world we live in when it comes to NBA COVID protocols, it's two steps forward, three steps back, because on the news that those guys are coming back in sort of the same timed release, we get the word that Kessler Edwards, Cam Thomas, and David Duke Jr., are not going to be playing because they have entered the COVID safety protocols. So <laughs> the Nets get two guys back. Great news. One's, you know, a superstar. They are still going to be playing with a bare-bone roster against the Lakers. I'm going to preview the Laker, what the Lakers look like right now because I don't need, um, relatively speaking, it might not be all doom and gloom when it comes to this game. But we get the two guys coming back, and then we get the three young rookies who we've been really excited about in, pre- in recent games. We talked a lot about David Duke Jr. last podcast. We talked a lot about Kessler Edwards already, what we've seen from him. Obviously, it's been a lot of the season talking about Cam Thomas and what he brings to the court. So not getting those three guys, who've been actually really exciting players to watch in the short term. Uh, it's been giving them, if a good, if we can look at some positives around what's happened around COVID, I think we can say one positive 
short of just Kevin Durant being forced to rest, which I think that works out pretty darn well, is that it's given extended court time to some of these young guys that maybe wouldn't have happened on a full-strength team. And so it, I was kind of excited to see how these guys performed on a really big stage. And a primetime Christmas Day game is about as a big a stage short of the playoffs as you can get in terms of eyeballs. And so when those guys were ruled out, it was kind of a bummer. So at this point, the Nets are going into Christmas Day with a roster – and this, I'm recording, by the way, I'm recording this Thursday uh, afternoon. As we all know with the NBA, this stuff can change in an instant. So if it's outdated by the time I hit publish on it, uh, my bad. But that's, at some point, you have to record and just hope that nothing happens. So as of right now, the Nets uh, roster is going to be Harden, Paul Mills, this is like in no particular order uh, Harden, Patty Mills. Uh, Paul Millsap, Javon Carter, uh, who also clear protocol. Sorry, I didn't mention him before. Uh, Shaq Harrison, uh, James Ennis, uh, Wenyan Gabriel, who we haven't seen yet because he's finally cleared to play, and Langston Galloway. Blake Griffin is still maybe injured here. He does have an injury tag on him. It's not totally clear that he's going to play. Also, it's not totally clear if uh, it looks like uh, Nick Claxton is also going to sit this game out with an injury. Not COVID-related, but he's injured. So that's where we are with the roster for the Nets right now. Obviously, like I said at the top, when we talked to the Kamenetsky brothers to start the season, this was, if I had read off this roster to you as this being the Christmas Day roster uh, facing up against the Lakers, you would have thought something really crazy went wrong, which it kind of did. A lot of guys got COVID, um, and when they ramped up the testing, a lot more guys qualified to enter the protocols, and that's where we are heading into Christmas. I, for one, I'm going to go glass half full. Nets are playing on Christmas. This is what we wanted. Is it the iteration of the team that we thought we were going to get at the beginning of the season? No. But 8 o'clock, you turn the game on uh, Christmas Day after with you know wrapping paper and all that other junk sitting around, and you know you're going to catch up with the Brooklyn Nets. So I think, again, going half uh, glass half full on that one, that's where I'm going to land uh, with these guys right now. I'm going to go over what to expect with this game a little bit, talk about some of these guys that are still sitting out for the Nets. But have you been living with those free trials? You know that you sign up for a free trial and then it just it renews one day. Now you probably click something that said that you agreed to it. It's a super fine print. You maybe didn't realize. You didn't set it on the calendar to cancel. You had really no intention to keep going with this thing. But those free trials can really start costing you when those bills start getting hammered. You got to get True Bills, the app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need. The ones you don't want, or the ones, like has happened to me, Satellite Radio, baby, simply forgot about. On average, people save over $700 a year with Truebill. Those companies make the subscriptions hard to cancel. You think you did? I thought I had canceled uh, one of these reader ones uh, the other day. was positive I had. even had a confirmation from my daughter that she saw me cancel. Still got billed. Guess I didn't. Truebill could have solved that and needed to get that into the Truebill app. Didn't do it in time. Truebill is a concierge. They're there when you need them. They're going to help you cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. You're not alone here. Truebill has over 2 million users. That's helped uh, those folks save over $100 million. Big digits, baby. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com. Slash locked on NBA saving you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. And when you're done with Truebill, you're going to want a snack. You're going to want to make sure it's healthy. You're going to want to make sure it is built 
Bar, you know the folks. We've been talking about these guys forever. It's super easy. Built Bar is just great. Talked about the uh, in the Locked On NBA group chat that's supposed to be just about basketball and episodes. It's been multiple, multiple Built Bar conversations about the favorite flavors. That's because people have opinions because there's so many good ones to choose from. Raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, cherry, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, just a few of the flavors that Built Bar started with. They covered them completely in chocolate. You are not going to believe that these things are actually healthy for you. Boost the protein, keep the sugar and the calories low. Got all the stats that you want over there. Like I said, folks have their passionate, the, the flavor that they're most passionate it about tell Santa to throw in a bill bar in the stocking right there. You won't regret it. Uh, right now, you can grab the along with some marshmallow treats around the holidays. You got to get your hands on the bill bar puffs, the like light, fluffy marshmallows through and through. Throw them in the hot cocoa, you won't be disappointed. Go to built.com, use promo code locked15 to get 15% off of your order. Use the promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, what to expect from this uh, from this Christmas Day game? Uh, this is going to be a weird one, obviously. These teams come in uh, not exactly the epitome of health and with the amount of players that are out. Because I mentioned the players that were coming back. Look, the Nets still have Durant on the protocols. They still have uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, De'Ron Sharp, uh, Bruce Brown, DeAndre Bembry. The list goes on, um, and uh, including the rookies that I mentioned before. Plus, Kyrie Irving, who is technically on the COVID protocols, although I don't think that he would have been cleared to play in this game anyway. Steve Nash said in his presser on Thursday that uh, they were still in a ramp-up period around where Kyrie was. So I think that you know it was always nice to think that he could have played in L.A. for this game, which, by the way, yes, unvaccinated, also, yes, can play in L.A. because of these crazy travel rules about where the vaccines matter and where they don't. So he would have been eligible to play in this one, but he uh, he entered the COVID protocols about you know 10 seconds after he announced that he was coming back. So he uh, is also out for this game. I think that the Nets will probably go into this one. They'll obviously start Harden. They'll obviously start Mills. I think we might see a Javon Carter start in here as just an extra ball handler, um, just because, and may, frankly, just time on team. Like he's been on the team longest and around this stuff at this point, seniority might just be the whole factor. Like if you were on the team two weeks ago, then you get to start. And if you weren't on the team a couple of weeks ago, you don't get to start. Like I, I'm not exactly sure how they're going to work that out. With that said, we could see a James Ennis start like at a wing position if they're trying to match up, get a little bit of size uh, at the wing. And then if Blake Griffin is healthy and can play, I think he would he would definitely get the start as well. So I think that's probably what ends up being the starting lineup for the Nets. Could we see them go like Shaq Harrison? I think he's probably getting a little too small at that point to do one through four with Shaq Harrison. So look, when the pickings are thin around who is uh, available on your team, you you know tough times. You got to make tough choices. These th- there's just kind of no good choices with this roster. These are just the uh, the eight available bodies that the Nets have right now. Did I count that right? Or is it nine? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That was nine. Nine available bodies. Everyone loves a good counting podcast where someone just jumps on there and counts uh, out loud. That's like an old Francesa thing. The, um, the so those are the guy. Those are the bodies they have. I don't think there's tons of like X's and O's stuff that you're worried about here in terms of the starting lineup. I think you just go who seems like they're the best fit in that uh, that fifth spot for Brooklyn, and I don't think that there's a ton to win around the margins there. 
based on just this is the available personnel you have and you are just away you go. I don't know what the conditioning has been like for Harden during this quarantine period. My guess is not much. And so and definitely not anything that would replicate games that you would have played in or even live practices, which the Nets have not held this uh, during this week. So there's been no practices, been no obviously games. And so these guys are all going in a little bit, um, you know, maybe tight, maybe just, you know, not the conditioning hasn't been there. I guess you're worried a little bit about injury when it comes to that, especially ramping up for a game that could be high intensity because of the time slot that it's in. So I think for the net side, you're going to see a ton of James Harden. Uh, The usage rate for him will probably be really, really high. As a Nets fan, I think that's the best you can hope for anyway because you just need his usage rate to be high because he's easily the best player on the team by uh, a not insignificant margin based on the other names that I said before. You see a lot of uh, you see a lot of James Harden. I think you'll just see him really forcing to the issue the issue to a point where it could kind of get ugly. But this is just what you're left with. You have at least one other effective shooter in Patty Mills. We've seen Patty Mills, his on-ball stuff this season when he's asked to create the offense is not amazing. We kind of knew that was the case going into the season. We were reminded of it a little bit when uh, the Nets were really shorthanded the last game and he was playing with a lot of the young guys. That when the offense has to, you know, primarily run through him, it's just not his. It's not his perfect skill set. I, I would say. I think that's probably being nice about it. But I, we love Patty Mills. Obviously, the signing has been awesome. Obviously, it's been awesome and more around like what he's been able to bring. So there's this is not a dig on Patty Mills. It's just a he's just not a true point guard at the in the scheme that the NBA runs. And so you just kind of have to live with it. Javon Carter is a little bit more like that. We'll probably see a lot more Javon Carter shots than we really want to see. Again, I don't know what else you do at this point. It's not like a lot of these guys are effective ball creators. Galloway is more of a spot up shooter. It's just kind of what you're left with. So I think you see a game plan, a lot of James Harden ISO stuff, um, some pick and roll stuff with with Blake. Blake's if he plays, is going to really need to hit some shots. If they can get Claxton in there and he's able to play, I think it's trending more toward doubtful. Then um, you maybe get at a little bit on the defensive end from him or maybe some lob threat stuff if, uh, in, in sort of the two-man game. But I think, I mean, 25 shots plus is not off the table here for James Harden just because of when he steps on the court and takes one look around at who <laughs> at who he's taking, who he's playing with in this game, uh, he'd be frankly nuts to, to, to not have a go that way. So a lot of James Harden, hopefully Patty Mills can kind of pick up some second unit slack if they stagger the rotations a little bit. Hopefully the Nets are just able to stay in this game. Uh, I think that there's a possibility of that based on this Lakers roster and, and some of the problems that I, I see them having. So I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that the Nets are just, you know, I mean, they're underdogs for sure based on go, you know going across the country, all these guys being hurt, uh, just like sort of where the status of their roster is health-wise compared to the Lakers. I think uh, I don't think there was an opening line in this game that makes sense that sort of Vegas would be uh, waiting on this one. But um, yeah, there's no I don't I don't see an opening line here. I, it's going to be Lakers for sure uh, favored in this one. But I'm not like I think there's a world where the Nets can hang for a little bit just based on the other team's roster construction. So, but again, I think we need to set our we need to temper our sort of not our enthusiasm, but our expectations around this current form of the team because. You were just, this is what you have. You do not have a roster that was built on balance. You have a roster that was built on necessity. Uh, and that's sort of where we've landed with COVID times that 
if you, you know, goal one in the way that the league is currently running things, uh, goal one is to have enough available bodies to make sure the cameras can turn on and the fans can fill the seats. Uh, and then two is, uh, and two out of two is just, you know, uh, worrying about what the scheme is. And this is the avoids me going into the protocol stuff, which I think I'm still very much on the on the attack that the co- the protocols should and will be lifted at some point or eased back in terms of just making it a little bit easier. One thing that Nash said during his presser was that almost all these guys were asymptomatic that were sitting out. He said a couple had very light symptoms. For the most part, everyone was just not really showing any signs of COVID. I, I think that we end up still getting to a place where the the Nets or excuse me, the, the NBA says, you know, let's start, start testing just symptomatic players. Uh, we need to keep the product going. The risk is very low uh, around the vaccines and boosters uh, to, you know, min- very almost minuscule microscopic levels. And so um, I think they end up getting there with this, but I think they're just, it's like this during this current surge, um, they are not, it's probably bad optics in their mind to dial it back. Might be wrong on that one. That's uh, sort of where my head has landed. All right. Going to get a little bit into this Lakers roster, what to expect uh, for them, for the guys that they are running out there. Mention their bet online. Was looking for the uh, that NBA, excuse me, that uh, Nets-Lakers line. They did not have it up there. I'm not surprised on bet online uh, just because of this uncertainty still around the roster. No reason to put one early. My guess is it lands something like, Lakers minus seven, Lakers minus eight. When it's uh, all said and done, I could be a little bit low on that one. But just so you know, bet online as you covered all during the holiday season. Props, odds, lines more than ever before. Getting basketball action, get some football as well. We're ramping up for the college bowls. Bet online has you covered for everything you can imagine when it comes to those props and odds that are your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head on over to the website, Bet Online. Go over there, sign up for free. That, that's pretty easy. But what you're going to get over there shortly after you're going to want to make a deposit. You can grab a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC. Sprinkle in some Vegas casino games as well. Take advantage of all the offers they have for this year and beyond. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Don't wait. Take advantage of the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. All right, the Lakers. So, again, if you're a Laker fan or a Nets fan that wants to root against the Lakers, I don't think there's, I don't think we need to be like so doom and gloom. They're obviously going to be underdogs in this game. They're more undermanned than the Lakers are right now. That's not a debate, it's just clear. But it's worth noting that this Lakers team has not been very good this season. Now, they've dealt with the injuries also. LeBron has been in and out of the lineup uh, over the course of the year. Uh, Anthony Davis is obviously on an extended injury absence now as well. But much has been talked about, and it's frankly correct, around the roster build around this Laker team was also pretty uh, poor, I think. I think that's a nice way to say it. That was going into the season, that all the guys that sort of fit around a guy like LeBron James that did not seem like they were incentivized to bring those kind of players in, like really just all 3 and D kind of stuff. They bring in Westbrook. That trade has been sliced and diced every way imaginable. I was... A sort of a regular season fan of that move at the time, not a playoff fan of that move. I think the regular, I think that's actually been 
not even correct. Like I don't think they're even getting regular season stuff out of Westbrook in the way they imagined, or at least not with the fit with LeBron. He's been able to sort of stem the tide a little bit with LeBron was out for sure. So I guess that was part of what they wanted. But um, in in general, we've seen a lot of sort of inherent flaws with the way the Lakers uh, were constructed going into this season. They are not 100% healthy right now, but they're and obviously I mentioned Davis is, is out. So that's a huge loss for them to start. But they, um, they, I watched them the other night. And I've watched, I don't know, probably 10 Lakers games this year, something like that. Um, uh, and so and it's just been hard to be impressed with really anything that they've done really on either end. LeBron looks you know a little bit like the burst isn't totally there. Looked very slow the other night against Phoenix. I, he's still dealing, or he's been, have, he's had injuries this season. So I... I think you can probably couch a lot of it in that. It's also getting old. The dude's got a million miles on his body uh, and some of the most high-intensity miles that you can get considering all of his playoff runs and championship runs. So the wheels come off these guys eventually, and I don't know if we're seeing it right in the moment with LeBron. I think it's pretty clear that this version right now at this part of the season is not peak LeBron. I think I think we can feel very comfortable saying that, um, that it's at least not peak LeBron. I'm not saying it's all over for him, but what we're getting going into Christmas Day, based on what I watched with Phoenix the other night, this is not a full-strength LeBron LeBron James. And then the rest of the roster is uh, is weird at best, sort of like criminally bad at worst. Uh, they're very old across the board. Uh, old friend DeAndre Jordan is still starting for them, although Dwight Howard did just clear the uh, health and safety protocols, so he probably gets back into the starting lineup would be my guess, uh, which would be an upgrade over DeAndre, who has looked just terrible. Uh, <laughs> there, excuse me. There was a reason the Nets uh, were kind of dying at the end to get out of that contract. Uh, it was very confusing to kind of everybody when the Lakers picked him up, although they were really still wanting to get a lot of just traditional kind of centers in there, even though it looks like DeAndre's game has been mostly dust uh, for the last couple years. Either way, he's been getting the start with Dwight out. I think they probably go back uh, to Dwight Howard there. Maybe the Nets run into some size issues down low. That's nothing you can really do about it at this point. That would always be kind of a thing against the Nets just because they don't they lack the traditional center. So you probably get a Dwight sighting. But man, like if you look down at this Laker roster, there was at one point the other night where and this is Le- LeBron playing. They they had West Russell Westbrook, Rajon Rondo, Isaiah Thomas who they just signed with a hardship exception, uh and Trevor Ariza on the court. That's a group that averages something like 35 years old across the board. Uh, with two guys finding it very tough to stay in the modern NBA, and that's Rondo and Isaiah Thomas, with Westbrook's game sort of becoming increasingly marginalized as well. I don't want to bury the lead for you. That lineup got destroyed uh, by the by the Suns. It looked and it looked even worse. It was it was comically bad. It's just not a fit. I get that you know these are hard times and you just have to play the players you have. So I'm not like going to go out and like blame Frank Vogel for not understanding the X's and O's of the situation. I don't think his first vote would be to play Westbrook Rondo and Isaiah Thomas together uh, at any stretch. They had Mello out there for a little bit. At least he can shoot the three. Um, and he's done okay with that this season. But uh, for the most part, then they kind of sprinkled in a little tail on Horton Tucker with those guys. I mentioned they spread, they had Trevor Ariza in there. So this is a group of guys that if this was your team, you know, circa six years ago, you're kind of worried about them. I would caution Nets fans who haven't really watched the Lakers to look at this group and be like, Ooh, look at all the all-star appearances these guys have under their belts. Like this, 
these guys are mostly done um, when it comes to the NBA. Like Isaiah Thomas was totally done. Okay, he was totally done. He was, you know, went for a G League tryout and kind of worked his way back in here only because half the NBA is out with COVID protocols. Um, I said like Westbrook's games become sort of marginalized. I think Westbrook will probably look better in this game because based on the size that the Nets are going to have and sort of the inexperience and overall lack of athleticism, Westbrook actually, this could be a good Westbrook game for him just because of the pace he can bring. Um, He still is, you know, okay getting to the basket. The three-point shooting's been bad, you know, for a while now. But in in an up-and-down game where the Nets don't have the greatest defensive personnel, I think you see a fine game from him. But I, I guess my point is when you look, I just don't want people to look at this Laker roster and say, oh my gosh, like look who they have. Because you're thinking back to 2015 or something like that when a lot of these guys were relevant NBA players. That The ship has sailed so long ago on that that you cannot read those names off and think you're getting like high quality NBA talent at this point. It's just, it, that, look, guys get old. These guys had great careers. It's nothing against their careers. It's just they are not the players they used to be. It's very, very obvious, and I don't think from that respect, the names on the list don't strike all that much fear outside of LeBron, who's the best ever, and even a 75% LeBron is probably better than basically everyone the Nets are throwing out there. I guess you're going to, what, debate about Harden? I don't know. It's probably, you take LeBron at this point, probably, so I... Look, let's just call him Tide, because I don't want someone to at me about you know comparing those two. My point being, those two are guys are superstars. And then the superstar level drops off, uh, basically off a complete and utter cliff. So what we're going to see with the Lakers team is a team that kind of struggles to stretch the floor at times. THT's looked not great uh, for them. You know, they were hoping to get really good, like kind of sharpshooter stuff from guys like Wayne Ellington. That's kind of come and gone. Um, They struggle on defense because even Davis was not kind of up to his same defensive levels that we'd seen from him uh, in the past. They've had so much roster turnover also that it just hasn't looked great at times. Uh, Lakers, eh, I take it back. Lakers ranked, uh, that's, I'm really shocked actually, eighth in defensive efficiency. That feels like I'm misreading that a little bit. Um, but they're ranked eighth in defensive efficiency. Even if that was, even if that wasn't probably trending a little high, it definitely takes a huge dip with no Anthony Davis on the court. So you'd have to jump them down a little bit with, with that loss in the lineup. So, Full strength Nets roster. I would actually not really be worrying about this game almost at all. If that sounds weird, um, like if Kevin Durant's here, James Harden's here, and the sort of even the, the last go back to the last full strength game that they had before the COVID protocols took over, this actually probably wouldn't be a game I'd be really sweating all that hard, just because I'm I've been thoroughly unimpressed with the Lakers this season. But we're in COVID times, and uh, kind of what you see is what you get at this point with these teams because oh, half the league is out uh, with having COVID, and you are forced to bring in a bunch of guys who hadn't really seen a lot of the hard court <laughs> in a long time. So still pumped about Christmas Day, still getting that game on at eight, eight, happy to have the Nets in my life on the holiday. You know, you're the good teams and the, the well-respected uh, championship-level teams are the teams that get to play on the holiday. Uh, six years ago, Nets fans would, this would have been inconceivable to be playing the game. Eh, maybe I went back too far, uh, but to be playing these kind of high leverage, high intensity, uh, highly publicized, highly anticipated games, we still get one on Christmas day, even if it's not the exact roster you would have thought at the beginning of the year. 
Thanks again for making Locked On Nets your first listen, free and available on all platforms. Head over to the YouTube channel. Every episode is going up on YouTube. Seeing the numbers grow there really steadily. Love having people ringing in lately about who you know where they're listening from. Places all over the globe. India got a shout out. Europe got a shout out. Um, there was another one too, and I forget. I'm sorry about that. But uh, yeah, all over the world, Mets fans. Uh, sort of a global thing. Really, really cool. Jump in and over on YouTube. Leave a comment. Make sure you like and follow the Locked On Nets YouTube channel. Enjoy the holiday if you celebrate, everybody. Uh, if you don't, enjoy the weekend. Uh, we're going to be back again next week covering what happened on the Christmas Day game and obviously talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball. <laughs>